bago natin simulan formally itong bagong season natin, season 2 na tayo. Gusto ko muna mag-apologize dahil sa medyo natagalan tayo ng pag-release ng bagong episode natin. Because, you know, uh, I'm sure marami sa atin nakaka-relate. Of course, life keeps happening. Medyo marami nangyari since the last episode. And before natin pag-usapan itong ating bayaning Filipina for today, uh, siguro maghanda na mag-look back tayo dito sa nakaraang mga buwan at sa turn of the year. Yung mga, ang dami nangyari eh, ang dami nangyari sa buong mundo, ang dami nangyari sa bansa, ang dami nangyari sa, of course, sa personal level. Now, since our last episode, uh, sadly, of course, medyo marami talaga mga tragedies na nangyari since the last episode. Dumating si Typhoon Rolly at nag-freak siya ng havoc sa uh, Katanduanes at sa Bicol and dun sa area bandang south. And then in November, nag-landfall din si Typhoon Ulysses, uh, which is closer to my home. na Bumaksak siya dito sa Metro Manila at uh, nag-cost siya ng Uh, malaking pinsala at pagbabaha sa hometown ko sa Marikina and sa mga uh, kalapit na cities ng Marikina. And then, a few days after, dahil sa tuloy-tuloy na pagtaas ng water level sa Magat Dam, uh, kinailangan itong mag-release ng tubig and, at nagkaroon ng um, mahaba-haba na flooding sa Cagayan, sa Tobigarao, and then December came, and tragically, we saw the viral video of the brutal and fatal shooting of, uh, the, of the Gregorio mother and son by a police officer in Paniquetarlac. And um, just recently, itong former police officer na to, Uh, nag-make siya ng not guilty plea, which I think is a lot of BS kasi, <laughs> di ba nakita naman natin lahat kung ano nangyari I'm sh- alam ko na marami sa atin nakapanood ng video na yun. And then of course, you know, Christmas and then New Year happened and then pag pagdating ng New Year, nagulat tayo dun sa balita nang nangyari sa isang flight attendant na si Christine Dacera uh, na hanggang ngayon hindi pa rin malinaw kung ano yung katotohanan behind her death. Oo, medyo sunod-sunod na tragedies talaga. But on the upside, on the upside, nagkaroon din naman ng magandang news kasi the turn of the year gave us the news na nagkaroon na ng available vaccine for the SARS-CoV-2 and mukhang nakikita na nga natin na may pag-asa na andito na yung of hope para sa nakakarami sa atin na the thing is, yun nga lang hindi pa natin alam kung ano yung vaccine na ibibigay sa atin ng government hopefully yung mga experts na nagde-decide nito eh, medyo malinaw yung pag-iisip or, or wait hindi medyo, uh, malinaw yung pag-iisip nila sa kung ano yung pag-desisyonan nila that is that should be the best for everybody. 
kasi syempre wala namang tayong ibang gusto magkakaiba man tayo ng opinion or ng pinapanigan or whatever pero lahat naman tayo gusto na matapos tong pandemic na to kasi di ba ang dami talagang nahihirapan Now, on a personal level, gusto ko rin i-share sa inyo, syempre, yung mga nangyari sa akin, personally, uh, which may or may not explain kung bakit nagkaroon ng medyo delay sa pag-release nitong first episode ng season 2 natin. Now, on a personal note, I got offered a job, an opportune job, working for the local government unit of my city. as a medical technologist in the uh, COVID testing lab ng city namin. So, this is a great opportunity for me para mas makatulong pa tayo sa mga kababayan natin using the profession that I am in. And, of course, may maganda rin namang balita um, that just last month I got married. So, yes, kaya po tayo nag-break kasi as... Some of you may know, medyo stressful at time-consuming talaga ang pagpaplano ng kasal. So, uh, but that's done. That's over and done with. So, ito na tayo ngayon. Nagbabalik na po ako. Nagbabalik loob na po ako sa pagkikwento, pagsasalaysay, at hopefully pag inspire ng mga tao gamit itong podcast na to. But first, Trigger warning, this episode contains sensitive topics such as rape, violence and abuse against women and if you are struggling with these issues yourself this episode may not be for you and i understand if you would want to skip this one if you or someone you know need someone to talk to there are helplines available at magi-include ako ng isang pwedeng helpline sa ating show notes and i i will spend a little time at the end of the show talking about it And listener discretion is advice. Now, without further ado, here we are for Season 2, Episode 1. Hello and welcome back to the Bayaning Filipino Podcast. I am your host, Inya Colada. And yes, finally, I am back behind the microphone at... Pagpapatuloy na natin ang ating kwentuhan at talakayan tungkol sa mga katangi-tangi at kahangahangang kababaihan sa kasaysayan ng ating bansa. For this episode, pag-uusapan natin si Maria Rosa Luna Henson. Or tatawagin natin siya sa pangalang Luna Rosa. Uh, siguro... hindi talaga, sobrang hindi familiar to si Lola Rosa sa atin. Kasi sobrang dalang na napag-uusapan ito, if at all, sa mga classrooms natin. And even kapag um, nakikipagkwentuhan lang tayo sa mga kaibigan natin about sa time na ito sa kasaysayan ng bansa natin. Si Lola Rosa Henson ay isang comfort woman. So as always, simulan natin sa simula. Maria Rosa Henson was born on December 5, 1937 in Pasay City. Siya ay ang illegitimate child ni Don Pepe, who was a landowner, to Julia, who was his housemate. So, basically, si Maria Rosa, or si Rosa, ay pinalaking mag-isa ng kanyang mother. 
itong si Don Pepe kasi um, alam naman natin lalo nung mga time na yan yung mga mayayaman talaga yung salita nila parang nagiging mistulang batas na at pinangako niya sa pamilya ni Julia na kikilalanin niya bilang anak niya itong si Rosa kung pupunta si Julia sa Pasay para dun siya mga anak so ito si Don Pepe binigay kay Rosa yung apelido niya parang to keep his promise pero ultimately talagang single-handedly raised siya by her mother at pabadya-badya lang niyang nakikita yung tatay niya So, of course, growing up, wala siyang tatay. Medyo nagkaroon ng confusion ito si Rosa about her background. And this was later discovered by her classmates and her teachers. E, Siyempre, dun sa mga panahon na yon ang bata na that was born out of wedlock, medyo ina-isolate talaga nila, binubuli. So, early in her life pa lang, Natutunan na niya na kapag experience siya ng challenges, kailangan taas noo pa rin niya itong susugurin at dapat, kumbaga, na-instill sa kanya na kailangan lang niya mag-survive. Her only consolation then was to meet her father, pero hindi siyempre dun sa bahay niya, hindi dun sa mansion niya, kundi dun lang sa, sa rice gannery dun sa town. Now, on December 5, 1941, birthday niya, Uh, she was about 14 years old. Diniklare uh, yung World War II. And yung pamilya niya, they fled to Bulahan para, para makatahas. Kasi di ba uh, maglalan yung mga Japanese sa Manila. Nung, so, nung isang araw, lumabas siya para mag-collect ng firewood in what is now Fort Bonifacio. Kasama niya yung tito niya at saka yung ibang mga kapitbahay nila. But um, somehow, nagkaroon, na, kumbaga nag-stray yung path niya. And she was caught and raped by three Japanese soldiers. Tapos, iniwan lang siya doon na parang wala lang nangyari. And then, syempre, wala naman siyang ibang nagawa kundi umuwi na lang. About two weeks later, Ganun ulit, um, napag-utosan ulit siyang mag-fetch ng firewood. Um, of course, assuming na hindi talaga hindi siya nagkwento sa mother niya at, or, or sa mga pamilya niya at the time. Inutosan siya ulit. Nag-gather ulit siya ng firewood. Tapos, nahuli ulit siya nitong same Japanese officers, Japanese soldiers, and she was then again raped. And she only survived this incident kasi... Nung idiwan siya, where she lay, merong nakakita sa kanya na isang farmer and inuwi siya para maka-recover siya. Of course, sa ganong edad, di ba, hindi mo alam kung ba't nangyari yun sa'yo. Magagalit ka talaga kasi alam mo, alam mo itong mga to invaders na nga. Sinasakop na nga yung bansa mo, yung bayan nyo. Tapos, uh, kumbaga, ano na sila eh, kontrabida na sila. Tapos, yun pa yung mangyayari sa'yo. Siyempre, she felt a strong anger towards the Japanese army. Uh, hindi niya kinikwento ng buo sa mother niya, but I guess nagkaroon ng hunch itong si Julia. And for her safety, dinala niya si Rosa sa Pampanga para dun itago. Pero dun sa Pampanga, sumali si Rosa sa Hukpalahap. Ang naging trabaho niya doon is yun nga mag-gather ng mga pagkain, ng mga gamot, 
nag-act siya as courier of messages. Tagadala ng mga packages from one headquarters to another. And then, about a year passed in April 1943, habang nagtatransport siya ng kariton na puno ng mga baril, nahuli sila at naaresto sila ng isang Japanese sentry sa isang checkpoint sa suburbs ng Angeles. Siyempre, ang dala nila mga armas, di ba? Isip niya, madidiscover yun. Uh, Siyempre, mapapatay sila kapag nakita na armas yung mga dala nila. So, nung inano sila, nung kumbaga pinatigil sila, lumapit na lang siya. She silently went to the checkpoint guard and she was forcibly taken to a hospital in the city which was then turned into a garrison. Ito, mga around uh, 15 years old na siya and dito na nagsimula yung napaka-samang experience ni Rosa. She was held in this makeshift garrison for the next nine months of her life. Dito sa garrison na to, Rosa met six other women and in her autobiography, she described the brutal and inhuman treatment of them by these soldiers, sabi niya, and I quote, At two, the soldiers came, my work began, and I lay down as one by one the soldiers raped me every day. Anywhere from 12 to 20 soldiers assaulted me. There were times when there was as many as 30. They came to the garrison in truckloads. So, yung pagmumulest siya sa kanila, yung yung pag-aabuso, pag-aabuse sa kanila. Minsan para kay Rosa, parang halos parang wala nang katapusan, sabi niya. Once there was a soldier who was in such a hurry to come that he ejaculated even before he had entered me. He was very angry and he grabbed my hand and forced me to fondle his genitals. Another soldier was waiting for his turn outside the room and started banging on the wall. The man had no choice but to leave, but before going out, he hit my breast and pulled my hair. Sobrang, yung experience na yun, sobrang traumatic na nga, na nare-rape siya. Tapos, yung, kumbaga parang, hindi naman na rin niya kasalanan siya pa yung nasaktan. Dahil dun sa excitement nung, nung soldier na yun. And she narrated to the Lila Filipina Incorporated. There was no rest. They had sex with me every minute. That's why we were very tired. They would allow you to rest only when all of them have already finished. Sabi niya. So, of course, para sa kanya, sa edad na yun, murang edad na what, 14, 15, yung experience na yun sobrang painful para sa kanya. Tapos halos 3 months siya sa isang lugar and after that, dinala sila sa parang isang rice meal sa Angeles. And same din daw yung experience na naranasan nila. Minsan sa umaga, minsan sa gabi, hindi lang mga 20 times. Tapos, kumbaga, nagkakaroon lang sila ng onting freedom na, kunyari sa umaga, maglalakad-lakad sila, meron silang guard. Pwede silang maglalakad sa garden, pero syempre, hindi sila pwedeng mag-usap-usap. Hindi sila pwedeng, um, of course, hindi sila pwedeng tumakbo mas malayo sa kung saan lang yung designated area na pwede silang maglakad. And sabi niya, hindi lang daw mga kapwa Pilipina yung mga kasama niya doon. May iba siyang kasama doon, mga Chinese din. And 
kumbaga nagkakatingin-tinginan na lang sila pero hindi talaga sila pwede mag-usap. And violence and humiliation were everyday occurrences in the garrison for this comfort women. But not even captivity nor the bouts of malaria dampened the spirit of Rosa para mag-survive kasi nandun sa kanya talaga yung kailangan lang talaga niya mag-survive. At, at hindi rin naman, hindi rin na kahit na naka-confine siya doon at sobrang week na week, weekend na weekend na siya, hindi pa rin nawala sa kanya yung kailangan niya rin kahit pa paano makatulong doon sa resistance against sa Japanese. There was one time na na overhear niya na nag-uusap yung mga Japanese officers na pinaplano nilang sunugin yung isang village sa Pampanga para ma-flush out nila doon yung mga members ng Hope. So, risking her life, meron siyang nakita na villager na, na dumadaan. Eh, swerte kasi yung time na yun, piniagan silang lumabas para maka, kumbaga para maarawan. And nakakita siya ng villager na naglalakad at nirelay niya yung information na nakuha niya dun sa villager na yun. So, nung by the time na yung Japanese troops maka nakarating doon sa village na pinaplano nilang sunugin. Wala nang tao doon. And the officer already suspected or readily suspected Rosa. Kasi nung pinaplan nila yun, siya yung nandun sa same room nila. So, syempre, uh, kinuha siya, kinaradgan siya sa garrison, tapos pinarusahan siya, binugbog siya. Pero sa kanya, ang uh, kapalit nun, nakasave siya ng mga buhay. And in January 1944, finally, yung mga guerrillas, inatak nila yung building na kung nasaan sila at napalaya si Henson at yung mga iba pang kababaihan na nandun na nakakulong dun sa garrison na yun. She was freed from the garrison pero by the time na ni-rescue siya, ano siya, uh, wala siyang malay. Kasi nga binugbog siya, sobrang, sobrang binugbog siya dahil dun sa previous na ano sa kanya sa previous na accusation sa kanya and she only regained her consciousness after two months pinalik na siya sa mother niya and her mother nursed her back to health even going as far as spoon feeding her na para daw siyang baby yun pa yung sinabi niya and hindi siya makatayo hindi siya makaupo hindi siya makapaglakad she had to crawl and she could not even focus her eyes very well and sabi niya yung ordeal na nangyari sa kanya dun sa garrison sa mother niya lang na ikwento ng buo after her recovery at the age of 18 she met Domingo who was then a young soldier so she and Domingo later married and they had three children so at this time yun nga gaya ng sinabi ko walang nakakaalam dun sa nangyari sa kanya. Not even Domingo. But then, bigla na lang nawala tong si Domingo. Bigla siyang nag-disappear without a word. It was not until nearly after a year that she discovered na itong si Domingo ay nasa jungle pala. At sumanib na siya sa HMB. Yung hukbong mapagpalaya ng bayan. Which was, kumbaga parang... Nanggaling to sa mga gerila sa mga hukbalahap eh. Pero if naging mas mas radical yung fight nila kesa doon sa pinanggalingan niya which was the hook. Ang HMB, ang pinaglalaban naman nila is against the government's army na dahil sa redistribution ng land. 
So of course, nasaktan siya kasi una sa lahat, iniwan sila nang walang pasabi. Hindi niya alam kung saan kasi gusto na lang naman niya is mamuhay na lang ng tahimik. And bukod doon, kaya sobrang sakit sa kanya itong discovery na to. Kasi kaya niya na-discover was because she was abducted while she was buying medicine for her very ill daughter. At she was held hostage by Domingo's men for several days. Tapos nalaman din niya na may iba ng babae itong si Domingo within the group. Sa kanya, as usual kay Rosa, ang goal na lang niya is to survive. So, life had to go on. So, ang ginawa niya, she single-handedly raised her children. And she found work as a factory worker. So, up until this time, wala pa rin ibang nakakaalam nung nangyari sa kanya when she was 14-15 years old. Now, in 1992, a task force of Filipino comfort women went on national radio calling for testimonies on the alleged sexual enslavement of Filipino women by Japanese soldiers during the Second World War. Kasi apparently, until 1992, yung existence ng comfort women, kahit sa mga ibang Asian countries na sinakop ng Japan, dinideny pa rin nila. So, hindi pa rin nila, kumbaga wala pa rin accountability. So, there was this group that called for testimonies. And Maria Rosa Henson very briefly came forward. And she was the first Filipino woman who spoke out about her distress, about this very harrowing experience for her. By then, Lola Rosa was already 65 years old. She gave face and form to a terrible war crime that up until then had only been whispered about. So imagine, hindi lang naman sa atin dito yan sa Pilipinas nangyari. Nangyari siya sa Korea, nangyari siya sa China. And of course, rape is not something you you just talk about nang basta-basta lang eh, di ba? Kasi it's a, it's a very traumatizing experience. At sobrang biruin niya, 65 years old na siya nung naisiwala yung nangyari sa kanya. And by this time, she started writing up her autobiography in 1995, two years after she came out in public to protest against Japanese war atrocities. In the five years since she went public with her secret, she fought hard for justice for comfort women. So, sumasama siya dun sa mga marches, nag-a-appear siya sa Congress. She even filed a lawsuit in the Tokyo court, along with other surviving comfort women from the Philippines and other countries. And she demanded compensation from the Japanese government. During the visit of the Japanese Prime Minister to the Philippines in 1994, Tomichi Murayama brought out the idea of Women's Center as a form of compensation. Of course, alam naman natin na hindi naman hindi naman mapapawi ng pag ng material na compensation itong naging experiences nila. But I guess para sa kanila the very fact na na-recognize yung nangyari at nagkaroon ng accountability on the side of the Japanese government. I guess through that na nakaranas na rin sila ng hostesia. Now, hindi rin naman dito tumigil si Lola Rosa. She was, according to those close to her, she was very independent and very outspoken. And she also had the courage to break away from the NGOs 
who were working on her behalf. Kasi ito si Lola Rosa kapag nagdi-disagree na siya doon sa policies or sa methods of work, nag-opt out na lang siya. Kumbaga, parang you cannot use my name for something kung hindi naman hindi naman na siya naka-align sa prinsipyo ko. Parang ganun sa kanya. Lola Rosa Henson was the first to accept the unofficial compensation from the Japanese. Although, she was very adamant in the belief that they owed her official indemnity as well. Now, in 1996, she was one of the three women who became first recipients of the AWF project. And according to her, she said, and I quote, Many have asked me whether I am still angry with the Japanese. Maybe it helped that I have faith. I had learned to accept suffering. I also learned to forgive. If Jesus Christ could forgive those who crucified him, I thought I could also find it in my heart to forgive those who had abused me. Half a century had passed. Maybe my anger and my resentment were no longer as fresh. Telling my story has made it easier for me to be reconciled with the past. But I am still hoping to see justice done before I die, sabi niya. Lola Rosa died of a heart attack at Pasay City Hospital on August 18, 1997. She was 69 years old. She was laid to rest in the Saya with autumn leaf design that she had made herself and wore to her book launching the year before at the historic Fort Santiago. Sabi niya, autumn leaves like me with the quiet, self-deprecating humor of a woman who had survived so much, so bravely, and so triumphantly. Now, for this part of the episode, I would like to play a clip of Lola Rosa herself sharing with us some words of inspiration. Sabalit, kumaling man ang sobat sa akin, loob, andun pa rin ang pilat. Ganun pa man nakikita ko sa ngayon na may malaking pagbabago. Unti-unti na natin natatamo. Dapat natin ilabas ang nasa ating puso at isip. At dapat ipagsigawan ko sa buong mundo na ang karapatan babae natin ay dapat natin matarong. Pansa ganun, tayo ay kilalanin sa buong lady. Bakit natin siya in-include ngayon sa listahan natin ng mga bayani natin? I know this is a little bit different from from most of the women I have featured in this podcast. Napaka-importante ang boses para sa akin. Napaka-importante na nagkakaroon ng mga tao na nagbibigay ng boses para sa atin, lalo sa ating mga kababaihan. Kasi... Alam nating lahat na experience natin ito kahit hindi natin kahit nag medyo nagbago na yung panahon na hindi na siya kasing siguro hindi na for some hindi na kasing nakakasakal kaysa dati pero napaka-importante na nagkakaroon ng tao na nilulok upan natin na sila yung nagiging first or sila yung nagpo-push or nagpo-push sa atin para magsalita ng kung ano yung dapat na marinig kung ano yung dapat na maisalaysay at ano lang ba yung dapat natin or ano lang ba yung gusto natin na naisasalaysay ay gusto lang naman natin is mailabas palagi yung katotohanan 
lalo na kapag ang pinag-uusapan ay yung mga abuses, alam natin na kapag nagkakaroon na, and, and I am not saying this, itong abuses na to is exclusively for women. Because, of course, I recognize, we, we must recognize na nangyayari din naman to kahit sa mga lalaki. At actually, lalo, lalo sa mga kapatid natin sa LGBTQ community, nagkakaroon ng abuses, nagkakaroon ng rape, ng molestation, ng violence. Kung, uh, I, I think the term they use now is gender-based violence. Nagkakaroon ng ganun kasi may mga tao talaga na in order for them to feel stronger, they have to belittle or they have to hurt other people na sa tingin nila is mas mahina sa kanila. At kapag ikaw, if you have been victimized or if you have received the, the end of the rage, mahirap magsalita. Mahirap talaga. Mahirap yung... Mahirap ng magsalita ng hindi nanginginig yung boses mo, na hindi na hindi ka mapapaiyak. And for somebody like Lola Rosa to come forward, lalo na na naging victim siya during wartime, it of course emboldened, kumbaga, other women, kahit na matanda na sila, it gave them the strength na harapin itong itong nangyari dun sa, sa past nila at, you know, tell their story. And that is why I think that Lola Rosa really deserves to be called a hero, a heroine, isang bayaning Pilipina. Kasi kung hindi dahil sa kanya, or kung hindi siya nag-come forward, siguro mas natagalan pa yung recognition dun sa nangyaring horror sa kanila. Now, like I said kanina in the opening of of this episode, I I would like to mention this kasi um, before, gusto ko talaga before ko i-record tong episode na to, makahanap ako ng parang helpline because I know that rape and abuse and violence against women is a very, very sensitive topic at talagang nakaka-trigger siya sa mga ibang tao. Like, nakaka-trigger siya ng unwanted memories sa atin. And may mga babae, may mga babae, may mga, well, hindi lang babae, may mga tao na hindi nila talaga ma ikwento ng basta-basta kahit na dun sa pinaka-trusted nilang tao yung nangyari sa kanila. So, I wanted to suggest maybe a, a sort of helpline. A, a certain group of people that could maybe help if you needed to talk to somebody. Now, um, honestly, sa totoo lang nahirapan ako hanapan kasi of course, when you go online and and you search for helpline, ang lalabas dyan si, si UNICEF, o mga ganyan-ganyan, si, yung mga, of course, yung mga government units natin, si Gabriela, hindi naman nawawala yan. But of course, gusto kong malaman din ng mga tao na meron pang ibang mga grupo, bukod dito sa mga, sa mga malalaking grupo na kilala na natin. And lo and behold, it led me to Facebook. Opo, sa Facebook ko po siya nakita. Uh, merong grupo dito sa Facebook. I think they rightfully call themselves a community. This is a community of like-minded young women that sa panimula, ano sila, support group sila of fellow feminists. But it grew 
very uh, it very quickly grew into a platform an active platform for advocacy and collaboration on issues of feminism and i checked their page lalagay ko dun sa show notes yung page yung link dun sa page nila para makita ninyo and they were not just a support group group they conduct you know education and they have events and they have talks and right now i think they are are they are focusing on yun nga gender based violence and they also you know have collaborations with different groups then na nakakatulong para i-educate and then inspire yung mga tao um to look at this very sensitive topic so of course i talked to them and asked their permission to post their group um by the way the group is called the young feminist collective you can check their page out on facebook and i asked them permission to post about or to post or to talk about their group here on the podcast and i asked them if they if i can um, mention them as a helpline of course they obliged but then they also recommended a another page on Facebook or another group on Facebook that I guess they are closely affiliated to. Ito naman, ito talaga, it is a volunteer-powered helpline dito sa Pilipinas. And it served, um, they support survivors of gender-based violence or violence against women. And this is called Luna's Collective. So both these pages, I will I will post them on my show notes. And you can um, check their page out if you wanted to join the community, if you want to be a volunteer, or if you wanted to talk to somebody, you can maybe chat them. They are very responsive. And if you also want to volunteer, if you want to join their group, um, right now they are, I think they are, they are doing fundraising and drives for to help with um, yung mga, of course, mga nahihirapan because of this pandemic and and sa mga tuloy-tuloy na pagbabagyo, pagbabaha, at sa kuna na humahataw dito sa ating bansa. So, there. So, this, I, I ha, strongly recommend you guys to check out their group if you want. And maybe, maybe someday I can ask them to join me on this podcast. Maybe talk to somebody para nagkakaroon tayo ng mas interactive na episodes. Um... And with that, I, I think I, I can end my episode on that note. And of course, as always, guys, be safe out there. Not only sa pandemic, of course, goes without saying, huwag tayong lalabas ng walang mask at walang hand sanitizer or alcohol. Pero bukod doon, lagi tayong maging vigilant para hindi tayo nagiging target ng mga mapagsamantalang tao. So there, thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, hopefully, we will be right on schedule. I would also like to take this time to call on listeners out there. Kung meron pa po tayong listeners uh, na gustong sumali sa aking munting uh, podcast, pwede po tayong magkwentuhan, pwede tayong mag-usap. You can reach me through my social medias. You can reach me through email at bayaningfilipina.gmail.com through Twitter at byphili2020 and through Instagram at bayaningfilipina. Guys, may bago po tayong logo. Of course, as always, it was, it was given to me as a gift at matagal ko siyang itinago. And now, dinidebut ko na siya sa ating first episode. This artwork was done by our recurrent host. Medyo busy kasi siya, yung ating recurrent guest, kaya hindi ko siya 
ma-persuade mag-record but hopefully sa mga future episodes natin mas- makasama ulit natin siya si Ajibaji so thank you Ajibaji for the logo ito na po ginagamit na po natin guys I will see you again next episode Ay, pero before po ako mag goodbye sa dinami-dami ng mga nangyari sa atin over the past months sa pag-turn ng taon huwag po natin kakalimutan hanapin kung saan napunta yung 15 billion natin sa PhilHub Thank you very much and I will see you again next episode.